Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Sports Radio, 93.7. Stop Our top story, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to win everything, and Pitt is the greatest program ever. This update brought to you by Bowser. That's the power of Bowser! is the number to call. You can tweet us on our fan text line, although we never get to it. Today's topic, if you go to the Pirates game, are you going to hell? Give me a ring. We'll go to Paul in Blonox first here on the show. Uh, Marzi, I'll tell you there, I'm not going to put another penny in that nutting's pocket. That guy, he's dead to me, Malsey. Thanks for the call, Paul. We'll go to Jimmy now in Uniontown. Hey, Malsey, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, for me, it's all about going down PNC and creating memories with the kids. That's what it's all about. That's what my dad did to me, and I, I'm going to continue to do that. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Great point there. Coming up next, we've got 20 minutes of commercials. We'll hear from Jim Rome, and then 20 more minutes of commercials. It's 93.7, The Fan. Sports Radio, 93.7, The Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Breaker, breaker, one nine. We got a county mountie spinning discos on a dung beetle's donkey on McKnight Road near the discount grocery grabber by the Clown Burger. Roll back that tack, cut yourself some slack, because old man Smokey wants his stack. Come on back. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air, you give us a holler, and we'll get you home without that extra freight. And you always remember, you keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just watch old bandit run. Hell, I thought we were going to do a whole segment like that. I got all my topics ready. He's going to the games this year or not? Should glass now be in a rotation? Ian Cole has ruined the Penguins' chances. Do you think so? Here's a number. Also, Le'Veon Bell. Just Le'Veon Bell. We talk about Bell all the time. (laughs) They never even have a reason. They just talk about Bell the whole damn time. (laughs) Every day, Bell, Bell, Bell. Ding, ding, ding. Butt, butt, butt. 20 minutes of commercials. (laughs) That's not even an exaggeration. (laughs) We've timed it. <laughs> Our clock's the best. Here's the deal. For those of you who are new, we're going to go till about 17 right now, okay? They'll break it like, what, 11? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. They'll pop back on for like two minutes, and then they're going to be 20 minutes of commercials, an update. You'll hear from Jim Rome or Eamon, whatever the bleeps his face, and then there's back to commercials. I don't understand how people listen to that. I don't. And I've made fun of the hosts, some of them. I actually think sometimes they do some good stuff. But you have to wade through all the other nonsense to get there. Blind squirrel, you know? Nut! Here's the funny thing, too, is that people are going to come at us and go, oh, you listen to them, you know? But that's what we do. As we see it, we're in a war here. They're the enemy. They're the competition. And we want to pound them into the ground. That's what we want to do. So, of course, we listen to figure out what the enemy is up to. 
so we can then do radio as we do in a better manner than those yahoos do. It's recon, Brian. Yeah, buddy. Let me tell you something, though. It's a tough listen. It's a tough recon. It's work. It's a tough recon. I got to turn it off half the time because I'm just like, this is too much. Yeah, Adam and I have have this thing where we kind of bonded over radio by listening to bad radio. I won't get into exactly what show we were listening to to bond over, but we enjoy bad radio by pointing it out. So it's almost kind of fun to listen because you're just like, that is awful. That is the worst damn thing I've heard. But then, again, the show learns from that. We get better. So that's why you should be here. Because okay. they suck. I do think that Tyler Glass now should be in the rotation. What do you, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, have you seen him come out of the I mean, that guy is he just is throwing darts making, out there, dude. He, he just look, needs reps, right? He's making oh, them look like man. kids up there. It basically is T-ball for the other team. Yeah, I just think more innings, the better for that guy. Yeah, but, just keep him coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he throws hard. Yep. What do you think about Ian Cole playing against the Penguins? That could be tough in the playoffs. He knows, he knows the team. He knows their strategy really well. Remember the James Harrison stuff? That was the conversation, right? James Harrison's going to give the Patriots all the Steelers' little <laughs> yeah. secrets as if they hadn't beaten the Steelers in the effing submission every time that they played. Uh, give me a break with all this Ian Cole nonsense. He's a good player, but he's playing out of his ass right now in Columbus. This is... Some of the best hockey he's ever played. It's not sustainable. In the hockey Columbus is playing, winning 13 of 15, it's not sustainable either. And spoiler alert, he can't teach them anything they're not seeing on videotape. Same thing with James freaking Harrison. There's so many stupid-ass narratives out there that relate to this Ian Cole conversation. Ian Cole's going to give them secrets. The Penguins' penalty kill has gone to bleep because they don't have Ian Cole. This, that, the other. Ian Cole was fine. But here's the reality. They won the damn Stanley Cup last year without Chris Letang, who was going to play 30 minutes tonight. Chris Letang was their number one defenseman. They won it without him. And they won it by putting a bottom pair defenseman on that top pair. I hate stupid narratives. And that's dumb. Here's the deal. If they win the Stanley Cup, Broussard will have had a lot to do with it. But if they don't win the Stanley Cup, it's not because they don't have Ian Cole. Guys get hurt on the bottom pair all the damn time. And they're replaceable. They're expendable. Hell, Ian Cole was here, and he was getting sent up to the press box. He didn't play sometimes when he was here. And their skates didn't all fall off. Crosby's ass didn't atrophy. And they still won a bunch of damn hockey games. They're fine without him. Broussard, though, they won't be fine unless they get him back. They need Broussard, I think, to be successful in the playoffs this year. He gives them the depth that they need to separate the stars on three lines. Crosby, Malkin, Kessel. He's a proven playoff performer, and so is Ian Cole. But when you're a proven fifth or sixth defenseman, you do not add the same value as a third-line center. When the Penguins won the Stanley Cup the last three times in the Crosby era, was it because of the defense core, Tom? Yes or no? Yes. The answer is no. You're not listening. It's been because of center depth. Center depth is the reason they've won the Cup. Going to have to disagree with you on that one. Jordan Stahl. Sidney Crosby, 
Evgeny Malkin, Nick Bonino, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and now the same models in place. There's one position in hockey that's more important than any of the rest of them. I think it's goaltending. But after that, you're talking about skaters? It's the center position. No Ian Cole? Okay. You'd like to have him, but you'd like to have Broussard more. 412-922-2874. Chris tweets, your intro was effing epic this segment. What happened? I don't know what you're talking about. You want to play it again? I do. I want to hear that again. Sure, why not, man? It's your show. Sports Radio 937. Our top story, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to win everything, and Pitt is the greatest program ever. This update brought to you by Bowser. That's the power of Bowser! is the number to call. You can tweet us on our fan text line, although we never get to it. Today's topic, if you go to the Pirates game, are you going to hell? Give me a ring. We'll go to Paul in Blonox first here on the show. Hey, Marzi, I'll tell you there, I'm not going to put another penny in that Nutting's pocket. That guy, he's dead to me, Marzi. Thanks for the call, Paul. We'll go to Jimmy now in Uniontown. Hey, Marzi, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, for me, it's all about going down PNC and creating memories with the kids. That's what it's all about. That's what my dad did to me, and I'm going to continue to do that. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Great point there. Coming up next, we've got 20 minutes of commercials. We'll hear from Jim Rome, and then 20 more minutes of commercials. It's 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. So what you heard there was a two-scale Broadcast. It's completely accurate. That is completely accurate. Hundo. 90% calls and commercials, updates in Rome. The rest is when the hosts get to talk. And you know what? I actually feel for those guys. I do. Yeah, it would suck to have to do that. that it way. would. Yeah. It would blow. You listen to our podcast on ESPNPGH.com. It's 44 minutes of content. You don't get that anywhere else. No. You don't get that on Madden. You don't get that across the street. You don't get that anywhere else. And I can rag on them a bunch, but the reality is we do a damn good show here. That's why our ratings are up 700%. Ed tweets, always wondered, was the bad radio Don Imus? No, Don was actually fine. Until he... Well, until he did what he did. I was only going to get myself into trouble there. Yeah, I just cringed right there. Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. You made the, oh, my God, I'm about to get hit in the nuts face. Yeah, don't say what he said. No, absolutely not. Especially not after trashing the station across <laughs> yeah, the street. No, cause, yeah, uh, That's not good. Uh-uh. That's not what you want. We'll go to Devin now. Probably shouldn't take a caller in this segment. Hello, Devin. <laughs> hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. Awesome, dude. That was the best. I would listen to you do an hour of that. I had to call him and just say that, brother. What do we do? We're we're just we're just historians, Devin. Really, we're just trying to document exactly what they're doing. It's That's so it. on point. It's so on point, man. Every time I turn on the fan, I turn it right off. Like whenever there's something on that seventy, where like there something I don't want to listen to. I try to turn on another sports talk thing, and then I just be like, I can't do this. My dude, 
<laughs> Thanks for the kind words, Devin. I just had to tell you it was awesome. All right, man. Thanks for listening. 412-922-2874. And see, we're not the only ones. No! That's why people <laughs> like it! And I think that there are a lot of people who don't know about us still because the signal sucks. Right, right. That's not our fault. No! If they heard what we just did, they would all agree. They would all agree. In fact, <laughs> we need to tweet this out and put it right in, right in the faces of everybody out well, there. Well, first, I want to play it for some people. I want Ben's to come on. And when he does at 620, I want to play it for him. Huh? We can play it for John Parado. Yeah. We'll see what he thinks. In fact, that's exactly what we'll do. John's coming up next. After only a few minutes of commercials. Yeah, not 20 minutes. No room in there either. Mm-mm. Right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm at Walgreens because I'm not feeling my best. My allergies are giving me an itchy nose, watery eyes, and sneezing. Luckily, Walgreens is right around the corner to help me find the right allergy relief fast. With brands like Allegra, I get 24-hour relief for my toughest allergy symptoms. So even when allergy season is at its worst, Walgreens is there to help me feel my best. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Now with cards, select Allegra products are $18.99 through April 7th. Use as directed. That's the power of Bowser! Yeah! Pirates are four and one. John Parado joins us now to break it down. John, how are you today? I'm doing good, Adam. How are you? Great, buddy. How's the venture going? Uh, it's hanging it, doing good. You know, it keeps steadily growing. I keep fooling people into thinking I know something. Yeah, I mean, it is all smoke and mirrors. It's not like you put in any time in the industry or nothing. No, only 31 years covering baseball. That's all. Not much. John Parado, owner and operator of the Parado Report, here with us on the Crowley Show. Uh, four and one, a good start, all things considered. They are the best team in the NL Central, but. I am still a little weary, John, because the starters just aren't going deep enough in the bullpen, and I think all of our concerns were warranted. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's been a nice start for him to get out of the gates well, but uh, that bullpen, uh, you know, as we talked about last week on the eve of the opener, it's a little uh, scary uh, to think uh, some of the bad things that did happen with uh, so many young guys in that bullpen, and that's pretty much came to fruition so far. And, you know, even a couple of the games they've won, they really had to hang on. I mean, on Sunday night, they were up 8-2, to two and they won 8-6 to six in the doubleheader in Detroit. On the home opener Monday, they were up 5 nothing and had to hold on 5-4. So, uh, you know, they do need their starters to go deeper into games. But by the same token, when you're pulling your starters after 80 pitches, there's only so much the starters can do. And I, I, I think that, Perhaps Glenn Hurdle could have went with his, uh, some of his starters another inning or so in some of those games. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe he'll uh, have to almost rethink that policy of taking guys out 80 or 90 pitches with uh, as bad as the bullpen has been. John, what's been the thing that's been most positive that you think has been uh, your takeaway from the Pirates thus far? Well, I think uh, on you know I think the starting pitching's been solid. You know, like like you said, I'd like to see them go a little farther. But when, but when they've been in the game, they they've pitched pretty well. And I think the offense, uh, 
you know, I think everyone knew that they, they would be better than last year when they were 28th out of 30 teams in a major league some runs scored. But they uh, they have a pretty potent lineup, at least so far, up and down the order. I think Colin Moran is, uh, you know, he showed well. He hit the big grand slam on opening day. The rookie third baseman they got from the uh, Houston Astros in the Garrett Cole trade. Uh, Gregory Polanco certainly looks like he's ready to have a big year, at least through the first week of the season. Uh, Josh Harrison's been getting on base at the top and, and making things happen. And, you know, one through eight, uh, that's a pretty decent lineup. You know, it's certainly not the most powerful in the major leagues, but it's certainly not the worst lineup either, like it was for a, a lot of last season when you had guys injured and guys suspended and guys uh, underachieving. I do like that description, John. Not the best, but not the worst either. That's pretty good. In the middle. In the middle. And it's better than what they've been the last couple of years, certainly last year with the injuries, as you alluded to. Uh, the defense still worrisome to me, though, particularly in the corners, uh, both on the infield and in the outfield. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, the defense is a little shaky. Corey Dickerson had a reputation of not being a very good defensive outfielder. That's why DH'd in Tampa Bay for the majority of the last two years when he played in the American League. Yeah. Gregory Polanco, uh, he just, he's just frustrating to watch because you know he has the tools. He has the speed to track down balls. He certainly has the arm to throw people out. But he just uh, you see him misplay so many balls, and you, you see him throw to the wrong base or just make bad throws. And it's a little hard to understand. And, uh, you know, on the infield corners, uh, Colin Moran, uh, not noted as a great defender when they traded for him, but I think he'll be okay. I mean, he'll be adequate. And, uh, you know, first base, Josh Bell, it's still a work in progress. And to me, that's a little bit of a disappointment now. I mean, it's yeah. going on quite a while now since he made that conversion from the outfield to first base. And, uh, you know, at times last year, he showed flashes of being a pretty good defender, but showing flashes and doing so consistency, obviously two different things. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, he needs to, to once and for all step up his game because as big as he is now, I don't think you can put him back in the outfield. He wouldn't have much range. So he's got to learn how to be a better first baseman, especially in the National League, which certainly you can't make him a designated hitter. John Parado joining me here on the Crowley Show. Check out the Parado Report. Uh, that's a It's a good deal, too, the Parado Report, huh, John? My goodness, you can get it to the Pirate Report for twenty four ninety five for the year or the MLB Report for twenty nine ninety five, or you can get them both for forty nine ninety five, and uh, that's about what two beers cost at a ballpark these days. It also, it's my salary, so you can think about it that way. <laughs> well, I, I didn't think you were making that much. Wow. <laughs> you got a raise since the last time I asked. <laughs> Tyler Glass now uh, has looked pretty good coming out of the bullpen. In fact, I think... Uh, as good as Pirate fans could hope. He's got a 1.8 ERA, so hell yeah, last night he looked solid to me. He had a bunch of strikeouts, did have the couple of walks, but I'm torn now, John. I want to see him succeed in the starting rotation, but I'm afraid of their bullpen so much so that I think that you kind of got to leave him there. Yeah, I think you do for now, and I think also you want to leave him there for a while. I don't think you want to make this just a two-week experiment. I, I think you'd like to leave him there for at least half the season, let him have some let him build some confidence up, and then put him back in the rotation, see what he does. Uh, you know, I just think at this point, his confidence is still a little fragile, as it should be. He really still hasn't had a whole lot of success at the big league level, just a couple of good relief appearances this year. But I like, uh, I like the fact that he doesn't have that deer-in-the-headlights look 
when he's on the mound like he did the, the last two years when he was up in the big leagues. And I like how he's taking care of business of little things. And it may not seem like much, especially for reliever, but, you know, his pickoff move has improved a thousand percent. If you remember two years ago, one of his first starts was against the Phillies here at PNC Park. And they just ran like crazy on him that day. And it was a team that really didn't even have much team speed, wasn't even close to being among the league leaders in stolen bases. They stole like three, four, maybe five bases in three innings off glass now. But last night he almost picked off Eddie Rosario, and he did a good job of keeping the runners close. And, you know, I know it might not seem like a big deal, but when when you see that attention to detail, it shows you that the kid is, uh, you know, starting to to mature a little as a major leaguer and uh, as a professional. I know it's been one start for Jamison Tyone, but, I mean, he looked every bit as good as he did whenever he didn't have cancer uh, and as good as he did his rookie year. How good do you think this guy can be? Well, I think he's certainly an all-star caliber performer. You know, maybe even in the right year he uh, contends for a Cy Young Award, you know, in a year where everything breaks right. But certainly I think of all the pitchers they have in the big leagues right now, and, you know, I'm not going to count Mitch Keller because he's a cowboy in Altoona and it's a little too far away to really project exactly what he'll be. But I think of all the players on the big league roster right now, the pitchers, I should say, I think he's got the best chance of being that number one workhorse type guy that you can put at the head of the rotation. And you know he's a guy who's going to keep you in the game or better, give you a chance to win every time out. And also be that guy when the team hits the skids and loses two or three in a row, you put him on the mound and he's got a really good chance of breaking that losing streak. The Pirates struggled with the Reds last year, which made no sense because the Reds sucked. They're playing the Reds tonight for the first of a four-game series. How do you make sense of what happened last year against Cincinnati, John? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a problem for, for the, actually the last couple of years. Uh, it, it's just weird. I don't know if it's kind of the human nature letdown type thing where you, you, know, you think, okay, here's the one team in the division that's worse than us. We can kind of relax a little, and then sure enough, they got beat, and they lost six of nine here at PNC Park, too, so they didn't even have a home field advantage against the Reds. Uh, you know, I'm glad to give you a great detailed explanation of what happened, but sometimes uh, that's just baseball, and that seems to be the only real true explanation for what's happened. That's just baseball. Forty nine ninety nine for that opinion right there, ladies and gentlemen. Forty nine ninety nine. Uh, love you, John. John Parado joining us here on the Crowley Show. What are we hearing about Musgrove? Well, uh, you know, this is this is sort of an odd situation. You know, Monday on uh, the day of the morning of the home opener. Uh, he told a reporter he felt good. He was ready to go. He was ready to pitch tonight, make his Pirates debut against the Reds. Then a half hour later, they send out a uh, email to the uh, saying that he's been placed onto the disabled list. So, uh, you know, they say it's just a sign of caution, but I- I'm a little concerned about it, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, shoulders are nothing to mess with, and, uh, you know, it-, it can alter a guy's career. And I'm, you know, I'm not ready to say he's ready to have surgery or anything. But I do think it's a, a bit of concern that, that his shoulder is bothering him, and apparently they don't feel confident enough in him to put him out on the mound yet. So, uh, you know, it would be a big blow if uh, he ends up being damaged goods uh, because of all the four players they got from the Astros in the coal trade, with all due respect to Colin Moran, who's, who's made a decent impact here early, Musgrove was the guy that they really wanted the most. They feel he could be a good uh, number three, maybe even a number two starter because he gains a little more experience in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's not time to panic, certainly, but I would be just a tad concerned that he has a bum shoulder. 
Last couple of things here for John Parado. Uh, John, we talked about the rotation and how really they've given the Pirates a chance to win uh, pretty much every time out. Nova, though, not a great performance yesterday. And really his opening day start, he walked a bunch of guys, which is not his M.O. Anything you think to worry about there? Not yet. You know, he, it, the, the weather has been so bad that it's, it's really hard to judge anybody, especially pitchers, uh, a couple starts because it's hard to command to pitch with command uh, with the weather the way it is. And, you know, the ball is slippery. There's no moisture. And, uh, you know, you look on opening day, the Twins walked the 11 Pirates here. And uh, that was the most impressive part of Tyone's performance, I thought, Monday, was how well he commanded the ball with uh, in such bad weather. So, uh you know, if the weather warms up and Nova still has problems uh, throwing strikes, which has not no, not been a problem in the, in the three years they've had him here, two years, I should say, uh, then I'd be concerned. But right now, I'd kind of take it all uh, and just uh, not put a whole lot of stock into it because of the, the, such frigid weather he's pitched in. John, I've been saying a lot on the show, I think the Pirates are an average ball club, but I think they can get off to a pretty good start with the schedule that they've got ahead of them. They're going to have to play the Rockies and the Cubs this month, but everybody else had a losing record last year. Uh, they just got to take advantage. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they really did have a soft schedule. Uh, you know, to, to start off, the schedule makers did them a good night's nice favor sending, you know, shipping them to Detroit. Though, they, Are they, they the worst team in baseball, there. John? I mean, they're terrible. I think, I think they're worse than the Marlins. I really do. I mean, at least the Marlins have a lot of young guys who are upside to Five to seven, Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez, who uh, just have no interest in playing anymore on a bad team. And yeah, I think uh, I, I think uh, you know that was a, a pretty good favor. You know, they have four of the Reds here, though, as, as we talked about for every reason. They can't beat the Reds, but they're certainly, in my mind, better than the Reds, and, and should you know win three out of four in this series, if all things being equal. But yeah, I think it would help. I mean. Uh, you know, they, uh, there aren't a whole lot of expectations on this team this year, and I think if they could build a little momentum, win some games early, maybe it boosts their confidence, and maybe, uh, you know, I don't say they go to the playoffs or anything, but maybe they uh, at least play games that matter uh, past Mother's Day, which if you'd asked me a couple weeks ago, I'd just say they're out of the race at the end of April. But, you know, maybe they hang in the race for a while and at least make things fun and gain a little confidence and some of the young guys get better for it. And, uh, you know, maybe it speeds up the rebuilding process for the long haul a little bit. We have seen almost everything already uh, in these first five games. Reviews, booted balls, comebacks, blown leads, all kind of nonsense. Uh, have you seen anything like this in a five-game stretch, the first five games of a season? I feel like we've seen everything in the Pirates games thus far. Yeah, you're right. It has been a uh, it's been a crazy start. Yeah, I mean, there's been some other years where the bullpen has, has been a little shaky at the beginning, and they've blown some games, but not to the extreme that they have here in the opening day game. Was certainly just a crazy game. It's one the Pirates winning 13 to 10 in 13 innings. I mean, you know, you blow a four run lead in the ninth. The Tigers score what seems to be the winning run in the tenth, and then after a long video review, they take the run off the board, and you know, the Pirates end up winning that game. Yeah, it's been a Crazy start, and then you factor into it. The average game time temperature has been just over 38 degrees, and, uh, you know, I guess anything could happen. But I, I think, uh, you know, the other thing, too, Adam, is uh, it's a little hard to, to really get a the handle on anything when you're not playing every day because you know how baseball is. That they play every day, and it's kind of you get into a certain rhythm, and then the Pirates haven't got into that rhythm yet. So uh, it'll be interesting to see once the weather, if the weather ever gets better, uh, and they can play more than uh, two days in a row, how things will go for them. 
I'm obligated to ask you this question, John, so brace yourself for an unwritten rule of baseball question. If you're down seven in the ninth inning, can you bunt? I say yeah. Try to get on base, man. It's your livelihood. Give me a hit. You know, as as an old man, I I understand the old school thinking on this. It's like there's certain unwritten rules. But I also understand the new part of the game. And, I mean, here's a kid. He's a rookie. I'm referring, of course, to Chance Sisko, the, the rookie catcher for the Orioles. I mean, he's just up in the big leagues, uh, you know, it's only a few days, and he's uh, looking to get on base and make an impression any way he can. So I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I understand where Brian Dozier came from. It upset him, and I, I know what it, I know what his thought process was. But you've got to change with the times, and a lot of the old unwritten rules are uh, indeed kind of uh, off the books now, and it's a different game today. And uh, I think uh, Brian Dozier and some of the older players uh, need to adjust uh, their thinking that way. And uh, you know, I'm sure either they will or soon they'll be out of the league anyway, and uh, it won't matter. Love the stuff, John. Really appreciate you taking time today. Oh, my pleasure, Adam. Always appreciate having you having me on, and always good to talk with you. Yeah, good to talk to you too, buddy. Take care, John Parado, the Parado Report. Check it out; it is great stuff. I may or may not have a media pass. Well, you know, I'm not paying for it. Uh, just leave it at that. It's my salary. Can't pay my entire salary. You're supposed to. Spend how much on a ring? Three months salary? Three months, yeah. Three months? Not supposed to spend 12 months on a baseball report. But for him, maybe. For people who make real money, it's a great deal. It is. So everyone out there who makes real money, John Parado, check him out, the Parado Report. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Jerry Dulac. He's live at Augusta. The leaderboard right now has (laughs) a bunch of names I can't pronounce. It's the Crowley Show. We alarm our houses, and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. I'm just going to give it a shot. Lai Hoitong, Tony Fanau. Fanoi, I think. Oh, that's the, that's the chuckler who broke his ankle. Yeah, that's the ankle breaker. Why couldn't Charlie Hoffman be at the top of the leaderboard? <laughs> or Patrick Reed? Top- Tigers having a little bit of trouble out of the tee box, eh? We'll get to Jerry Dulac coming up in a few moments. Live from Augusta, Georgia, where it says it's 68 degrees and sunny right now. <sighs> to have that life. First, we'll go out to our correspondent on the streets there in Augusta. Our man, Harry Carey. We'll start things off here with Tony Finau. He's at 400 at the top of the leaderboard, just snapping necks like he snapped his ankle yesterday. Lee Pootie Tag has finished the day with 369, a very nice score. Top 12 in Beantown, Rays tied with the Red Sox 2-2. Two to two. And finally, look out, Roy McAvoy himself is at 2-under, charging up the leaderboard. Back to you, Adam. Accurate. Jerry Dulac now joins us live from Augusta. Jerry, thanks for making time today. I mean, do you have the best job in America? I think you might. Well, Adam, you know, it's debatable, um, but um, 
I, you know, uh, several people tell me that that's the case. So, and they've lined up behind me. So you might be right. I don't know. I'm not complaining. Jerry, I got to come out of the box and ask you about Tiger Woods because that's what the peeps be talking about everywhere. Uh, how did he play today in your estimation? And how did you think he was going to come play coming in? Well, you know, Adam, you're not the only one. I mean, that's what's drawing all the interest, and that's why there's so much. Um, uh, well, you know, hey, look, the Masters always has sure. great appeal, but it's just intensified by 10 this year because of um, because Tiger's not only back, and Tiger's been playing well. So, you know, I, I, he played okay. I mean, the funny thing was is he didn't take advantage of the par fives, which is what he typically does here. Uh, he's played the par fives in his career, 150 under par, and he didn't he didn't have a, a birdie today on the on uh, either one of the four par fives. So, you know, hey, it's only Thursday. It's not the, it's not going to really hurt him. But that's typically where he makes some hay. All in all, he played okay. And the, you know, his mistakes he wasn't able to offset a couple mistakes with those birdies on the par five holes. But you know, he's he's right now five shots back, and it, it was I, you know, it was kind of what I expected. I thought he would shoot right around par, maybe one you know, maybe one under or so. That's typically what he does in a major championship. But I don't see any reason why he can't. Uh, continue to play well, take advantage of those par fives and, and be in contention. He certainly didn't shoot himself out of the tournament, uh, you know, with like a 75 or 76. So, you know, it's Thursday. He'd be, he's perfectly fine. Jerry, let's fast forward and let's say he did jump to the top of the leaderboards and he gives a Tiger fist pump on Sunday in the red polo and he comes all the way back to win the Masters. Where would that sit in the history of golf? Uh, because he has really come back from so much. Now, a lot of that is own doing, but he has come back from so much. Right. right. And, and you know, and he's, but he, it, beyond, beyond his own personal travails, I mean, he has had tremendous physical Certainly. travails as well, and that's what the problem is. You know, I heard several guys during the week talk about that very issue and that if he won, it might be like the greatest comeback in professional sports you know, Adam, I'm, I'm not ready to say that, but there's no question when you think of how far he fell, it, and, and I have said it is, in my opinion, the greatest fall of any professional athlete ever. When you're talking about a guy who was beyond the premier athlete in his sport, he was one of the greatest of all time. And to fall like he did for a number of issues – was just so incredible that for him then to be able to come back would be a monumental achievement and to win a major, which he hasn't done. I will point up even when he was healthy, he hasn't done in 10 years. So it's not like he was winning majors and then got hurt. He hasn't won the Masters in 13 years, Adam. So, you know, this idea that he's going to come back and just start winning majors now, um, I think as a, I don't want to say it's far fetched, but hey, I still have to see it. Yeah, no um, doubt about think, it. I don't think there's any question you could put it up there with with one of the great achievements, but I'm not going to call it the greatest achievement and greatest comeback in professional sports. I'm not so sure that I can name one that would be better. I, give me some time; I probably could. I just I'm just not ready to uh, to jump on that. Uh, you know, jump on that bandwagon and call it that, as I've heard others say it could be if it happens. Jerry Dulac, 
Of course, from the Steelers Radio Network and the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Crowley Show, but of course the golf show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Jerry, aside from what's going on with Tiger Woods, what's the other story today? What's the big one that you have really seen catch your eye? Well, so, you know, well, I tell you, the, the biggest thing that has caught my eye is Sergio Garcia taking a 13. Oh, my God. At, at, at the par five hole, number 15. He spun five balls back in the water <laughs> off the green. And, um, you know, it, it, it's the highest score ever recorded on that hole. Ties to the highest score ever recorded on any hole. I mean, you know, this guy's the defending champ, and he shot himself out of the tournament uh, on one hole. Um, so, I mean, you know, aside from Tiger, that certainly catches your eye. I think you're seeing Jordan Spieth do what he does at Augusta National. Uh, I think he was three under when we when I came on the phone with you, uh, Adam. And this is a guy who's who's really dominated this tournament for the most part. Uh, three of the past four years for long stretches at a time. This is a guy who once led the Masters for 65 consecutive rounds. Start doing the math on that over a couple year period. I mean, it's it's really incredible. So, um, I, you know, and, and he's on the board. Rory McIlroy's play, playing okay. Uh, again, it's Thursday, so you don't want to write anybody off, and you don't want to say somebody's, uh, you know, going to make a run. But I think the guys have positioned themselves. Uh, uh, even Phil Mickelson was at even par. Um, nobody's shooting a low number. Four under is um, is what's in. And um, I think uh, – I, I, I think uh, – when you're seeing guys, you know, you're seeing some of the stars position themselves, I think you're going to see them at the end. I think come Saturday or Sunday, it's going to be a very entertaining uh, uh, leaderboard without question. If you had to pick one of these two, Jerry, Phil or Tiger, and of course Phil Mickelson, uh, who do you think's closer to uh, winning uh, a tournament here? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's a good question, Adam. And I personally, I think it's Phil Mickelson. And I say that because he has won already this year. And when you look at his last four starts in stroke play, he, he has a win, a tie for second, a tie for fifth, and a tie for sixth. Um, so, you know, and he's won, he's won three masters. So, and, and I think, uh, and one, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, more frequently than, than Tiger has. So I think it's more likely that Phil Mickelson could win one. Uh, before Tiger does again. The the strange part about it is if he does win, he would become the oldest Masters champion in history. And when you think back to, Adam, were you born in 1986 when Nicholas <laughs> won? I, if you were. I was not. If you weren't, you're right. You certainly have heard about it, which is the greatest uh, uh, golf moment of all time. You know, Jack Nicholas at 46. Well, here's Phil Mickelson who could win it at 47. But even Phil Mickelson acknowledged the other day, it's entirely different now with equipment and fitness than it was in 1986. You know, Jack at 46 then was viewed like that would be like 56 today almost. Uh, and, and even Phil Mickelson said it would be incredible to think that he would, uh, you know, best Jack's number. But, again, it's an entirely different era. But I, I definitely think uh, he can win the golf tournament. And you know what? I'd really like to see that, Adam. I'm a, uh, I, you know, that would give him four green jackets. That would tie him with Tiger. That would tie him with Arnold Palmer. Uh, Phil Mickelson will never get the uh, uh, amount of credit that he deserves because he played in the Tiger Woods era. But you've you got to remember, this guy's won 43 golf tournaments in his career. 
and and uh, five majors. Um, it's hard to, you know, and finished runner-up in that U.S. Open six times. I mean, what he has done in his career is incredible. Makes him one of the greatest players of all time. And yet, imagine what he would have been if he if he wasn't playing in the Tiger Woods there. Really good stuff, Jerry. Appreciate you taking the time. Have fun out there. Not that it'll be uh, difficult. <laughs> Adam, thanks. Always good chat with you. Yeah, you too, buddy. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Golf Show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. It's time to go around the bags with the biggest D-bag on the Pittsburgh airwaves, Adam Crowley. Tiger Woods, noted sex addict and millionaire, doesn't even bother with first base. Tyler Glass now has looked great out of the pen. He pitched three innings yesterday, striking out five and giving up just one run. The bullpen's a big concern. If he was able to take a big step forward, that would help tremendously. Trump's hands are too small for second base. I know that we're just five games into this thing, but Josh Bell looks every bit as good at the plate as he did last year. He's so damn strong. And for a big guy, his swing is so short and quick to the ball. Now, he's a bad first baseman, but he should be the best hitter the Pirates have this year, and he's showing that a sophomore slump doesn't look like it's in the cards. On a lonely Friday night in high school, Tom would spend his time thinking about what it would be like to get to third base. Nova was cruising until he wasn't. He was efficient with his pitches and had just 66 through 5. I thought he was going to have a chance to be the first Pirate starter to make it out of the 6th this year. Didn't happen. I've been beating this drum for the last few days. If the bullpen's a concern, then starters have to go deeper, especially Nova and Tyon. In three starts, they haven't gotten to the 7th inning. After a couple of beers, I get up the courage to give it the old college try with my wife. She tells me I smell like a bar, and I wind up getting thrown out. Going for home. Pirates were 7-12 and versus the Reds last year. The Reds won 68 games. If the Pirates want to change their fortunes, they've got to be better against that ball club that's frankly crap. Slam the cellar door shut and throw away the keys. Another bludgeoning by Adam Crowley in this around the bags. Adam wins. Adam wins. Up next, we hear from Josh Getzoff of the Penguins Radio Network. We're going to hear from Tim Benz as well. Listening to The Crowley Show. Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on specials or take an extra 10 to 20% off with your Macy's card or savings pass. Get a famous maker bath towel for just $4.99. Kitchen appliances from Bella and Black & Decker, $8.99 after $10 mail-in rebate. Tag and travel select luggage sets, 70% off. And men's technical suits from Kenneth Cole Reaction are just $99.99. Right now at Macy's. Savings off sale prices exclusions apply. Extra savings exclude specials. I mean, I would think smelling like Guinness would make you more likely to have sex with That's them. some sexy cologne right there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'd smell like Guinness. If I don't, I'd just smell like bad breath. It's a lot better. 